Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Friday, November 2nd. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds the Spitting Statistician. And it's not like always, because I am not joined by El Rey de Fantasia. Instead, I have the honor and the privilege to be joined by Roto Experts' key contributor, my man, George Kurtz. George, how are you feeling today on a football Friday heading into week nine? Well, you know, Dane, it may be a beautiful morning, but if you're a Raiders fan, it wasn't a beautiful evening. This is absolutely true. That is my homage to Mr. Rogers and his glorious neighborhood. But you're absolutely right. It is a dumpster fire in the Bay. Well, you know, George, these teams now have combined for three wins on the season, and that was going to happen regardless of the outcome of this game. I guess there could have been a tie. But the San Francisco 49ers dump truck the Oakland Raiders 34-3. to And we're going to get into the Nick Mullins stuff in a minute. But I think you're right, George. To me, one of the main stories here is, you know, Oakland is completely unraveling. You know about, obviously, the trade of Khalil Mack, the moving of Marshawn Lynch, the trade of Amari Cooper. And it seems like... To me, that guys in this locker room were making business decisions on how much effort they wanted to put in, how much, how much they wanted to get in front of people to tackle, and things of that nature. I mean, you know, it looks like they know that the organization doesn't care about them, that they're tanking. So why the hell should they, uh, you know, put themselves at risk? Well, you saw this. I mean, last week against the Colts, a home game, they put up a fight. All right, it was, right. It was a good game, forty-two twenty-eight. They go off hand was the final score there. They put up a fight. It was a game. There was no fight yet last night. None. Exactly. It was a road game. I, mean, I don't know how big a rivalry the Bay Area, the Battle of the Bay is, is uh, back there, but it was still a rivalry game, you would think, mm-hmm. and there was no fight. None. Nil. Nada. As you said, you know, business decisions, which is crazy in the NFL because everything you do is on film. So yeah. you, if you're taking off, other teams are going to see that, and that's not good, but there was nothing there. I mean, nothing. Nil. Nada. It was, uh, to put it nicely, a bad display of football. 
squadoosh out of the Oakland Raiders. Derek Carr goes 16 to 21 for 171 yards. They eventually, you know, mercifully end his night and bring in AJ McCarron. Let's spin it forward a little bit, though. All right, George, just listen, I've been saying I don't want any part of these guys. I've been off Jordy Nelson thinking he's washed. I don't believe in Martavis Bryant. I think also that, you know, Jared Cook is something like a abominable snowman. You see him like once every 75 years or something like that. So, but talk to me about this running back situation because a lot of people have been asking me ever since Marshawn Lynch went on IR, you know, hey, what about Doug Martin? Hey, what about Jalen Richard? You know, and Doug Martin goes 11 for 49. Jalen Richard only two for four and only 45 yards in the passing game, which is where he's supposed to kind of make his hay. Moving forward, I mean, George, we're going to have weeks where there's teams on four buys, another week like this one where there's six teams on buy. Is there any room for Doug Martin or Jalen Richard? Uh, you know, they're still on your bench, I would assume, but you're not starting them moving forward, are you? Oh, it's going to depend on the size of your league. Sure. And, well, how you, you know, in my mind, pretty much any running back with a pulse has some value. We, there's just not enough going on in the NFL. Hey, we saw Monday night. Kenyon Bonner was popular. And he, right. you know. <laughs> they should have added Cordero Patterson instead, it looked like, right? Yeah. But yeah. Who knew that was coming? I mean, uh, what was it? Bonner was pretty much a big, fat, you know, sprinkled donut there. You got nothing out of him. Uh, so I get it why people have to start. I'm going to start Martin. I get uh, Richard in a PPR league. I do. Uh, and listen, once again, they were okay against Indianapolis. No, no real value. No, no greatness there. But with sticking teams on by, I could see why you went with them. And we expected more out of the Raiders last night coming into the game. Uh, and to lay that kind of an egg was embarrassing. And, and now we probably know more going forward. Maybe they are only a team you could even think about starting players at home. And on the road, just let it go. I mean, literally, just let it go. I don't know what's going to happen there. I think this team is purely playing for Vegas. I think the fans are starting to realize this. I think the players are starting mm-hmm. to realize this, that for a majority of the people on this 53-man roster, they won't be making that trip to Vegas in two years. So they are – it's almost human nature. If they don't care about you, why do you care? Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, and listen, <clears throat> it's hard to say. It's hard to watch. It's hard to stomach. But part of me understands what Gruden is doing. Listen, he doesn't give a damn about the Oakland fan base. He doesn't give a damn about the, the, the veterans in that locker room. You know what he cares about? Acquiring draft picks so that, you know, in, in year two in Vegas, when that stadium is built, there's some buzz around them. And if he's got to sacrifice the now to go for that, I understand. Are you, in essence, streaming defenses against the Raiders, though, from here on out? I certainly think you have to think about it. I mean, listen, anybody started San Fran last night, God bless you. Kudos to right. you. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't hear anybody. I mean, I, I answer hundreds of questions a week. Right. I didn't hear anybody asking me about the San Fran defense. Plenty asked me about the Oakland defense. Right. I mean, exactly. a lot asked me about I mean, Nick Mullins. going to start out of nowhere. I get it. Right. Uh, but no one asked me about the San Fran defense. You know, you bring up the Ra- uh, Raiders going to Vegas, all these draft picks that Gruden's acquiring. This thought came to my mind last night. Now, they have, what, five number one picks in the next two years, I believe, yep. uh, with, with all the trades? Yep. What are, if they're serious that Carr is their quarterback of the future, and they end up with the number one overall pick. Right. You know, and Bear is the guy everybody wants, and whatever quarterback right. is, and they're not going to take a quarterback. How many number one picks might they end up having if they trade out of that spot? Oh, absolutely. You know, trade, you know, to the Giants or whatever team might be to trade up. Absolutely. You think of, they could end up with eight in the next three years, or nine in the next three years, something silly like that. This could be something we honestly have never seen before. 
Yeah, I mean, since like the Herschel Walker deal or something like that, right? But I mean, here's the thing also, and I'm not as plugged in as guys like, say, Joe Lisi or others here on our network, but from my understanding, this year's draft crop is like an unsexy class, you know, a lot of defensive linemen, uh, stuff like that, not the sexy quarterback. So maybe that being said, you know, maybe a team like Jacksonville, like Tampa, like Miami will, in fact, you know, kind of really make a push to get all the way to the top for a kid like Abier or Greer or Browning or whoever the top studs wind up being, you know, five months from now. Uh, so I, I hear you. They can, you know, fall back and wind up getting even more picks to try to build that roster. I think, you know, tanking has come to the NFL. Everyone's seeing that the process can be trusted. And now a couple of more teams are doing that. What do you think? Let me ask you this, though, because the, the, the Raiders are obviously, and then we'll switch over to the 49ers side, but the Raiders are obviously, you know, making these business decisions, both in the, on the front end, on the front off side and at the player level. My question for you, George, is should I extrapolate anything out of this and anticipate what kind of effort I'm going to see out of the New York football giants this week? Well, I or think next week when they're, when they're back out there? I think you said something that's very key here. Tanking has come to the NFL. Right. I agree. I think it has. Uh, and it's, I don't want to say it's a smart thing to do, but if you want to get your team better in a hurry, you need the top draft mm-hmm. picks. The NFL is a quarterback-driven league. If you yep. have one, you can play. <clears throat> if you don't have one, you can't. And not that you're going to lose every game, but you're, you're not going to be a championship team with that one, right? So the Giants, I mean, uh, we all know that Kyle Lola, got he got arrested, right? He did his little right. thing there. Because <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you really wanted to tank if you were the Giants, <laughs> you could have oh, yeah. a letter as soon as possible, right? You got to I mean, see what you got there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we, we want to see. We want to judge for the future. No, you don't. You want to lose. Okay, and right. you do that, and you lose with Eli anyway. But their schedule does ease up a little bit now. You know yeah. they, they can win some games. They'll be in. They'll be in winnable games. Whether or not they can win them or not, anyone's guess. But they they'll be in some winnable games. They already made some trades, right? They traded mm-hmm. our snacks, so now your defensive line isn't as good. Yep. You're not gonna be able to stop the Eli run, Apple. right? You trade Eli Apple. That was secondary is not as good. You know, we see teams do this. It's a smart thing to do. Business-wise, it's the smart thing to do. So I think tanking has come to the NFL. I think we're gonna see several. Bad teams, you know, mm-hmm. be, be bad. Arizona's bad team, you know, and you'll see these yeah. teams. I don't know how, if I want to call it actively tanking, but I don't think they're going to be disappointed by L's. Oh, there are degrees of tanking. There are, there are, there are types of tanking now, says George Kurtz in different sports. I understand it completely. I think you are absolutely right. I mean, I believe, George, there are three types of teams in the NFL. One, the way you want to be is a team who knows that they have their franchise quarterback. Two is the teams that know they do not have their franchise quarterback. And to be quite honest, I'd rather be a team that knows they do not have their franchise quarterback than option number three, which is to be a team that thinks you may have your guy, but you may not. That's what sets you back for years. That's what's happened with guys like Jameis Winston. That's what happens with uh, what I believe might happen with a guy like Marcus Mariota. That's what happens, I believe, you know, with a guy like, uh, oh, Ryan Tannehill, let's say. It sets your franchise back for for years, at least um, 
you know, maybe the Giants at least know that they do not have their quarterback, and they may be a team who's active very early in April. Let's see. Do the 49ers have a quarterback is the question. We know Jimmy G's on IR, but the question is now about Nick Mullins. Uh, Nick Mullins goes 16 of 22, 262 yards, three touchdowns. And let me tell you something, George. He just looked like he had control of the offense, like he knew what he was doing, like the moment wasn't too big for him. Let's not go crazy, but you talk about all the questions you get on social media. I get them by the boatload as well. Are we going to embrace this Nick Mullins thing? Are we going to tell people to just chill for a minute? It was only one game against a team that clearly was not putting in 100% effort. Oh, I'll chill. I'll, <laughs> hey, Raiders, the crossing route's coming, buddy. Okay? Right. It's coming. And it's over and over again. It's all the Cal guy was throwing for big plays was the crossing route here. And it was almost like I didn't see how, how big he is. It was like he had to jump or stand on a phone book to get the ball over the line. It was just strange yeah. the way he was throwing the ball. Uh, listen, kudos for Shanahan and the Mullins for getting this guy ready. Short week. Uh, you know, an undrafted guy. They still worked with him. That was obvious. He looked – certainly didn't look like a deer in the headlights out there. He yeah. looked good. Listen, I'll be honest. In my home league, I had to start the guy. Superflex League, I got screwed with Winston being yeah. friends, luck was on by, and I had traded Trubisky a couple weeks ago. So I started Mullins, but listen, I'm not saying that I knew this was coming. I didn't. I made this move at about 8-19, right before the game. I'm like, <laughs> screw it. It was either Mullins or Peterman. All right? right. I didn't want to go Peter. That, that's how bad I think about Peterman. The matchup just sure. the Mullins. And Peterman's facing the Bears. I mean, come on right. now. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I still was thinking about it until 8-19. And that's then finally I pulled, pulled the trigger there. So... Uh, you know, listen, the, in the NFL, something you just never freaking know. I mean, it's – but yeah. bottom line is this. Is Mullins going to do – I don't know if Mullins will have another game. This may be the best game of his career. We may right. never see this again from Nick Mullins. And I'm so they say Kyle Shanahan hasn't announced the starter yet for next week. I think they're Monday night. Uh, you go back to the Giants. kids? I think you do. I mean, uh, I think it's another one of these situations. Uh, I'm not going to say they're tanking. I'm not because I think they do want to win. It certainly looks that way. But mm-hmm. you know what you got, C.J. Beathard, right? Beat hard. Sure. We know we're going to yeah. get there. So why not see, I mean, what Mullins can do again? And it's another weak team. You know, that team that's, uh, has nothing to yep. play for. Maybe there is something in Mullins. I don't think there is. I think Shania probably knows that. They know Garoppolo's the man. But then again, right. what's the worst-case scenario? You lose, he bombs, who cares? The best-case scenario is the kid plays well, looks great, and maybe now you can deal him in the offseason. Right? Or you have an asset to trade even. Who knows? Right. So I would absolutely play and see what you have there. You know what you have in Beathard. He's nothing special. He's a backup. Yeah. All right. But it was not all good news for the San Francisco 49ers. Unfortunately, uh, running back Raheem Mostart suffered what looked like a gruesome arm injury. They're saying it looks like, uh, you know, he broke his arm. He will be, it looks like, out for the rest of the year. But that was after, listen, seven carries for 86 yards and a touchdown, a big 52-yard touchdown run again when people were not tackling. He also had, you know, he didn't have anything in the passing game. So, you know, we pour one out for Raheem Mostar, but talk to me now moving forward. Brita and Alfred Morris, does that mean you like Brita a little bit more? Because Alfred Morris is just three yards in a cloud of dust. Do you think that Brita may get some more opportunity? Is he an RB2 for you moving forward? Oh, you know, Brita's the, better, Brita's the better player. You can see he has the legs. You know, right. he has juice. You know, so I, I, he's the guy I'd want there, but I'm not dying to get him. And running back two, I mean, with the heavy bye weeks, yeah, he could certainly fall into your top 20. Flex play. Flex, flex play is probably more where I'm going here. But, you know, you look at his numbers, past couple of weeks, there. I, I know he's got the ankle injury, and this, this worries me as well. Is he playing through this because, you know, he wants to play, but it's not effective? He looks good running last night, but maybe can't cut, maybe can't stop. 
the bottom line is, you know, numbers-wise, you look at what he's done the past couple of games, it's not much. I mean, 44 yards yesterday, 42 the year. Uh, the I mean, year he's been before, banged up too, right? 15. Yeah. He's got, although, fantasy-wise, he's got about 10 points combined the past three weeks. And I think what's more, most concerning to me, this is the last four or five weeks now. Yeah. Two times. But to your point, though, George, I mean, he's going to have the quote-unquote long week to recover, right? He now has any kind of competition for carries cleared out. I hate to be it, say it in this kind of cold way, right? But he's going to have more of the more of the – more of the pie, right? And you mentioned they play the Giants next week, another team that has been making business decisions and just traded away Snacks Harrison. Uh, so, you know, there may be some clear sailing for him next week, too. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, if, and I, I write the trade piece for uh, Roto Experts, right. I'm selling them. I, for every reason you just said, I'm going to try and celebrate it. Maybe people want, someone wants to give me something a little bit more reliable, a little bit more consistent than Breda. Like I said, bottom line for me is, Last, what, four weeks, 10 fantasy points. You know, yeah, he's not being not. targeted in the passing game at all. Two targets in the last five weeks in the passing game. You know, I, but I think because of everything you mentioned, I think you could sell him and maybe get a better piece. That's right. I mean, there are going to be some people out there that have bye week issues for week 10. And, you know, this is a, a, a nice little fill-in guy if you could leverage that and flip it. Listen, I also, George, want to tell people that, you know, congratulations to the thousands of people who had a profitably – uh, you know, a baseball season, playing DFS, using the DFS uh, optimizer over at Daily Roto. Now we're halfway through the NFL season. The NFL optimizer is already producing millions in willing, mini, winnings. We hit a millie maker in week one. You hear about Colin Drew hitting for 70000 and then another 150000 the following day. And listen, the NBA is starting to get in full swing. The NBA lineup optimizer is now available. If you're hooked, you can buy the DailyRoto.com Elite Package, giving you access to year-round tools and projections that Daily Roto subscribers have been using to basically print money in all sports, okay? If you are not using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. You are at a competitive disadvantage. So head on over to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, and check out what the Elite Package has to offer. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount. Start winning today. Hey, George, we're going to uh, talk with Dr. A in the next segment. All those players that have little red dots next to their name, we're going to find out if they should actually bench them or it's okay to get them in their lineup. One new one, though, very, very quickly, Chris Carson was added to the injury report in Seattle with a hip. This is intriguing to me because the Seahawks have been running the ball a ton. So I liked Carson and his 25 carries. Uh, new additions to the injury report are never good. What do you think about this one? No, you don't like late additions in the week to the injury report. It means something happened there. Uh, it's frustrating because uh, everyone's running well in, in Seattle except Russell Wilson. That'd right. be nice. Now, he was, he was limited. I think he is going to play. So, as of right now, okay. we're talking it's Friday morning. If I have cautious, my normal starter, he still starts for me. All right, fair enough. We're going to have Dr. Ray on the line when we come back here on Roto Experts in the morning. And what we're going to do is we're going to ask him about some other players. Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs. Is Sony Michelle coming back? Is Cooper Cup coming back? Keep it locked. George Kurtz and Dane Martinez will find out all that and more when we come back. It's Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on right back. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Boo! 
Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Yep, I'm here. Hello, Dr. A. It is Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Roto experts in the morning. You guys may have just heard Dr. A is here. That's what we do on Friday mornings, okay? Because listen, I get, George, you probably get hundreds of questions a week as well. And for so many of them, you know, my answer is like, well, you got to check the practice report. We got to see if this guy is healthy, then go with this guy. If not, go with this guy. And that's why we bring in Dr. Ray from Inside Injuries. They don't, you know, predict the injuries, but their algorithms are as close as any to helping you out here. Dr. Ray, how you doing as we head into week nine? I'm doing good, guys. Ready for week nine. All right, ready for week nine. Let me ask you this. I want to ask you first about Deshaun Watson, okay? Because to me, the man, you know, the team was worried about him to ride a plane because of the shifts in air pressure with his lung that I've heard is bruised, that I've heard is punctured, that I've heard is collapsed. They don't really want to talk about it much, right? And then all of a sudden, because they face the blunt guts trash defensive front of the Miami Dolphins and give up no sacks, everyone's like, oh my God, he's amazing again, right? But now they play Denver. They're going to have Von Miller. They're going to have Bradley Chubb bearing down his neck. I can, is there any reason I should change my point of view from two weeks ago where I was worried for this man's health and safety? Should I still be worried about this man's health and safety, Dr. A? Yeah, you should. Um, and here's the main reason why. It's not because it's just Deshaun Watson, but whenever you hear quarterback rib fracture that, and partially collapsed lung with, uh, you know, within the season – you know, you could you could bet your life that defensive backs are going to be going after him, especially with the battered offensive line. Uh, it went, one hit that he takes to his thorax uh, it could, you know, exacerbate and worsen whatever previous injury that he had, like that rib fracture. And no matter how much pain management that you have, you're going to feel it, and that will significantly impact his throwing ability and running ability. And so he may be looking okay right now, But all it takes is one hit with this type of injury. And so do not be surprised if he takes one of these things in this game that he's on the sidelines or he's just not effective the rest of the game. So that's the biggest risk with him, and that's why he's only at 61%. Dr. A, uh, when it comes to injuries uh, at fantasy, I'm generally a very conservative owner, if possible. This always comes down to your roster and what you have on your roster. But a player who's been out multiple weeks, let's say Dalvin Cook, uh, in a perfect world, I'd like to sit him anyway. But for those fantasy owners that, let's say, can't afford that, don't have the uh, player on the roster to replace him with, Dalvin Cook, if he starts this week, how safe are we to put him in our lineup? So um, he is, uh, from, a, from the original recovery of this hamstring injury, you know, week two, then re- week four, and then he hasn't played since. They finally, because of this re-aggravated hamstring, they waited enough time you know, to actually get him back in the game. Because, you know, once you re-aggravate an original injury, it actually worsens the injury, makes the recovery longer than the original injury. So they've, it's week nine. We originally thought from the re-aggravation he'd be back at peak health at week eight. So week nine, he's at 82%, which is in our peak health category. He's still at elevated injury risk at 17%, but uh, that's not going to change because of the history of injuries that he's had. 
So he is a elevated risk, high reward type of guy. But if you're asking me if he is at peak health from this injury right now, yes, he's back up there up to 82%. Wow, that's interesting. Maybe uh, they finally held him out long enough, similar to the Jacksonville Leonard Fournette kind of saga that we have seen with these two players. Uh, Dr. Ray, let me ask you about Tyreek Hill. Listen, Tyreek Hill has been absolutely amazing. One of the most dynamic weapons in the NFL for the high-riding Chiefs and Patty Mahomes. But it looks like he's struggling with a groin. And when I hear speedster and groin, that doesn't seem to mesh well. I know running backs and ankles. I know these guys with their hamstrings. But, you know, as a man, when I hear groin injury, I'm like, ooh, uh, (laughs) this is something I want to be cautious with myself and not, you know, stretch too far. Uh, Should Tyreek Hill won't? And Chiefs fans be worried about Tyreek Hill, or are we okay with him out here this week? So groin muscle translation is not the groin that all men think about. Fair <laughs> it's, enough. It's, Fair uh, enough. It's, it's the abductor muscles and the adductor muscles of the hip. And so, um, you know, for wide receivers, they're more – they're not really side-to-side side so much as they are, you know, uh, sort of long, longitudinal, forward and backward. You know, so hamstrings are the ones – the injuries that really, really impact them. Yes, it's a grade one groin injury, so it's not torn. It's not, you know, it's a little tweak of the groin. Um, you know, it's an optimal recovery of two weeks. He left week eight. Week 10 is where we're project. you know, he definitely needs to be rested, not playing this game until week 10. If he does play in week nine, right now he's at 60%. I would not recommend um, starting him this week, but, um, you know, you don't know what the Chiefs are going to do to try to throw these guys in there, but, he, right now, our projections are week 10 for him to get back at least close to that peak health status. Yeah, it is funny how whenever, whenever we hit groin, we automatically, yeah. uh, we automatically think man region there, and it's generally it's not. <laughs> it, was, it was a game last week where someone did get hit in the man region, and the just didn't know what to say. Yeah, he was like, oh, he got hit. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, just, you can watch the video. It, it, <laughs> right. It, it, it amuses me. They can't just say man region. I think we all know what it is. Family jewels. It hurts. Uh, Cooper Cup, Doc. I mean, uh, when we originally saw the injury, uh, I know my first thought was, oh, that's the last we'll see of him until 2019. All right, he's playing. Everything we hear is that he's going to play uh, Sunday. Are we okay to put him back in our lineup? No, 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 no. So great to MCL sprain. Um, he got injured week six. This is a great, this is a four week recovery time. And so week 10 is really where he should come back. He may, he's gonna, looks like he's gonna return this week, but we think that's a bad move. He's at 53% right now. And, you know, uh, his injury risk, we can't even talk about because it's like, you know, it's at one in five, it's 21%. So this is not a good week for him to come back. Um, it really, really should come back week 10 to be, uh, given the best chance to be back into peak health. All right, but obviously the Los Angeles Rams probably need him more this week than any other as they go into the Dome where the Saints are ready to stand up and get crunk and potentially have the inside position on the number one seed in the NFC. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the next segment. Hey, Dr. Ray, who's here representing Inside Injuries, you got to go check them out for all the best information on inf- on health information for your fantasy players. Dr. Ray, I know you... Uh, I know you ride with them Georgia Bulldogs, so one of them former Georgia Bulldogs is my guy. I call him the stereotype Sony, not Panasonic, not Mitsubishi, Sony Michelle. He had a gruesome injury a couple of weeks ago. You know, you mentioned Cooper Cup. It's like, you know, the cart 
Kurt's uh, the cart used to be undefeated, but Aaron Rodgers came back after the cart. You know, Cooper Cup came back after the cart. Sony Michelle is he coming back after the cart as well? Doctor A after that knee injury, they held him out of last week's game, and they had to resort to guys like Cordero Patterson in the backfield. Um, are we going to see Sony Michelle back for New England this week? Uh, we shouldn't. Uh, if it was up to me, uh, we shouldn't. But. Um... You know, the Patriots have a great thing going here in terms of his recovery because they have a week 11 bye, and our optimal recovery time slates him right into that week 11 bye, so they actually get an extra week of him resting. Sonny Michel is a great running back. However, he is very injury-prone, and, um, you know, he has a – and it's specifically from a knee injury standpoint with the torn ACL in high school, arthroscopic surgery in July, multiple history of grade one, two, and knee sprains, and now he's got this grade two knee injury that he's recovering from. Um, you know, week 11 is when we're talking about – so if he, if he really comes back in, we are – I mean, I don't see him. You know, and with the Patriots, the way they um, – you know, we have a high – uh, fib alert on their right, injury right, right. reporting mechanism. And so, I, I mean, I would be shocked if he played. If Wait, is that actually not. built into it, your algorithm? It is, yes. Really? You don't that, like you don't but, yeah. trust the Patriots? Really? <laughs> That's there's, there's teams that There's teams that, well, we can, we've pulled the last five years of what they've listed and who started. And so we know of every right. coach and every team, we know who has tendencies to – um, go the opposite way with their injury right. reporting mechanism and who doesn't. So that's why. Yeah. So, so you know what teams, when they it. say he's going to go like that, that's only, you know, 73% believable or whatever the case may be. That <laughs> right. is incredible right. that that is a part of your algorithm. Yet another reason y'all need to go to insideinjuries.com. Any algorithm that doesn't trust the Patriots is a friend of mine. What you got, George? <laughs> How can you trust it? I won't draft a New England running back. I won't do it. Um, there's not, I'm not going to play the Bill Belichick guessing. He wants to screw over. I, I right. swear to God, I think Monday night, he purposely didn't play Barner because everybody was on him. Oh, right. they're all on Barner. Screw him. Not going to play. Cut out. Get behind uh, Tom Brady. Uh, no, no, thank you. Uh, Dr. A, Melvin Gordon, another guy. Hamstring injury, limited practice this week. And he's had a couple of weeks. He had the bye week to, uh, to rest here. Has he rested enough? Okay, so he's right on schedule for this particular injury. Um, he's, his predictive performance is up to 76% now. So 82% is our peak category. So he's 6% below peak, rests until the game. He should be good to go. However, you know, Melvin Gordon, you know his injury history. He's at 18% injury risk, but he will be at peak health starting this game. Um, you know, we projected him to come back at week nine. So they're on track there. Sounds good. Hey, Dr. Ray, let's get you out of here on this last one. Big Ben. Big Ben, it sounds like, has a broken uh, finger on his non-throwing hand. I think it's hysterical, this NFL world that we live in. We're like, ah, the man's got a broken finger, but it's his non-throwing hand. We'll tape him up, shoot him up, he'll be just fine. Um, am I correct that there's, like, nothing to worry about here with Big Ben? There's nothing to worry about, you know, like, you know, remember, remember that stat where you have a better chance of uh, getting struck by lightning struck by than lightning. winning the lottery? Yeah. Yeah. So like he's, he's got a higher risk of getting another injury than this injury affecting him. So, I mean, right. I, you know, the amount of injuries that he sustained in this, this is, this is not going to affect him at all. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Dr. Ray. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us here on a Friday. I tell you, man, these changing seasons got my eczema going on too. You got anything for that? <laughs> Unfortunately, there is no algorithm for that, but uh, ah. we'll work on it.
All right, well, whatever the Patriots say, I won't trust it. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us, Dr. Ray. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Have a good week. Absolutely. So, George, something interesting I I take for that, and this is kind of my my platform on Deshaun Watson and has been pretty much for the majority of the year. I'm I'm trying to flip Deshaun Watson now because similar to, like, Devontae Freeman, similar to Jay Ajayi and some other players out there, I just don't have confidence that he's going to be active when I need him in the fantasy playoffs. I'm worried about Deshaun Watson. I'm worried about his health. He may grin and bear it for the next couple weeks, but if I'm a good fantasy team, George, I'm worried about weeks 15 and 16 right now, and I have a legit concern that Deshaun Watson's not going to be active those weeks. A, do you agree with that? B, if you do, would you flip him for 80 cents on the dollar right now? I would certainly, I mean, almost any player, I want to see what the value is. I mean, you saw in that Cowboy game, that's the game where he got, he got crushed. They were yeah. checking his heart. Yeah, I mean, it's serious. not good. <laughs> I mean, you're checking, we're not talking about a They were going to ride a plane, George. They There's gonna, obviously that, a risk. If they care about player safety at all, they wouldn't put him behind that dog trash offensive line that got him hit and sacked more times than any other player in the NFL if they cared about the man's safety. I think. Listen, I, I think he's. I think he's better. <laughs> I, okay. He can't be any worse than he was, uh, than he was uh, three weeks ago. I think he's better. But am I seeing what's out there for him? Sure. But that's anybody. You never know what somebody might pay you for somebody. You might be able to get more than eighty cents on a dollar. They may see Watson. Right. Oh, he's back. This is what he was last year. He's back. You know, and somebody may want to give you something that you consider more safe, consistent, reliable. So yes, I think you should uh, go out there and see what you can get for him. I also don't trust the uh, the outfits anyway. I don't trust. Bill O'Brien to keep him safe. I think O'Brien's right. also going to be thinking sort of like what I'm thinking. Okay, now I can run him on those, uh, you know, naked bootlegs again. Hey, go run just because he's because he's a week removed from exactly. not being able to handle the change in air pressure to his lungs. Now he's now all he right. Can, now, now he can ride in first class. <laughs> now, now naked okay. bootlegs all day long. Now it's good. <laughs> let's so RP, I, let's, let's RPO like and that. not block Von Miller and let's just read Von Miller this week. Is that what you're saying? That's going to be the game plan. Let's read Von Miller instead of block him. I think with coaches, yes. I think that's exactly the game plan. Okay, he's okay now. We can go back to our normal offense. So, I mean, not every coach, but some coaches do that. They don't adjust their offense. They realize that, hey, you know. And listen, Watson's not built like Cam Newton or Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. He's built like a tank. And even those guys get hurt. You know, yeah. I'm not talking about the broken fans. I'm talking about the other injuries. Watson is a, a more slender man. You know, he goes up against Von Miller. He's going to lose. Yeah. Yeah, he absolutely is. I'm telling you. I, listen, I'm in uh, a couple of long-term dynasty leagues. George, where, you know, and I'm 7-1 and one right now, so with the trade deadline, it's kind of like, you know, buyers and sellers, that sort of thing. So I'm looking at teams that are in the bottom, and I'm looking for quarterbacks to augment. It's a super flex league, right? I got Patty Mahomes, but right now my QB2 is Joe Flacco, so I'm trying to upgrade there. And the team in last place owns Deshaun Watson at a value where he's not keeping him next year. And I was like, hmm, do I really want to trade a for Deshaun Watson? And do I want to have that be, like, my big-time move? And I keep coming back to no, because I can't trust it. I need the guy uh, to be viable in the fantasy playoffs, and I just don't know if that is the case. All right, as we move along here, George, you know, I want to get some quick DFS thoughts for you. We'll make our picks in the last segment, but as we move over to DFS, I listen, I think that the trading deadline, similar to how, you know, the prices come out for week one of the season early in the preseason, and there are obvious things that, you know, they didn't price in, I think there's things they didn't price in this week either. You know, and one of them, to be quite honest, I don't know, I'm, I'm over on FanDuel, Kurtz, and Cortland Sutton 
is 5,500, you know, and that price was as though Demarius Thomas is still there in that wide receiver group. I think maybe not to the same extent as this last year, but to me, the Saints last year traded away Adrian Peterson. That cleared the way for Alvin Kamara. I can see something similar this year where with the trade away of Demarius Thomas, it really clears the way for Cortland Sutton to continue to announce himself. This is a big-time wide receiver, in my opinion. A lot of the people coming into the draft thought he was the best wide receiver Coming out of SMU, uh, what do you think about Cortland Sutton as a value this week in DFS? Fifty five hundred on FanDuel. DraftKings thirty nine hundred. All right, it, the price is not reflecting what this man can do. He was right. he was valuable before Thomas was traded. Yeah. All right, Keenan was looking for him in the red zone. You know, the the big target, whatever right. it might be. Sanders doesn't get those kind of targets. Thomas does, but Sutton was already being targeted in the red zone. I like Sutton this week. I like him in any kind of format. You know, we went to a redraft, DFS, whatever it might be. 3,900. Houston does not have a good secondary. Right. right. I think, and I think the Texans are going to be able to score against Denver. So, therefore, Denver has to throw the ball to keep up. I like, I like him a whole bunch. Wrote about him this week in my streaming piece uh, for Rotor Experts. I think he's a man you want in almost every format. All right, sounds good. There's some other guys I want to bounce off you, maybe on the other side of the break. Real quick, though, I asked our guy Emery Hunt. You know, he does great with scouting. You know, Demarius Thomas traded to the Texans, but his first game is in Denver against very familiar opponents, right? Who has the edge in that sort of matchup? These guys, you know, Demarius Thomas has been practicing against Harris and Roby for the last few years, right? Who has the advantage on Sunday? DT going against cornerbacks that he knows or the cornerbacks going against DT who they know? Who do you think has the edge in that kind of matchup with the familiarity? I always want to think defense has, unless you're a speed guy, we can really go by people. I always want to think yeah. that the DBs do. They know your favorite routes. They know what yeah. you can do, how to play you. Uh, I got to go with the DBs here. You think Dom, Thomas knows them, too, and what they don't like to do. But uh, maybe if it was against average defensive backs, I might go Thomas. Gotcha. But against Denver, I'm going to say, I'm gonna say uh, the backs have a little bit of an advantage. I agree, and also because, listen, DT hasn't had time to build up any chemistry with Watson. You know, There's not going to be any back shoulder fades that are completed. The hot routes are not necessarily there yet, you know, and so I agree with you. I would lean defense on that one. Hey, George, when we come back, we'll talk maybe a little bit more DFS, and we'll make some picks for week number nine. I got the Kings picks as well, but we're far ahead of him. So uh, we'll make our picks when we come back. DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back. Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez, and we got George Kurtz in today. In for the King, Scott Angle. He's taking Santa some business. And uh, so we'll be back with Scott on Monday. You'll hear Scott also this weekend as well. Hey, George, one of our uh, friends of the show, Steve G on Twitter, writes, what a, what a nice surprise. George doing the Friday show after a big Islander win. Thanks for all your help. George, does that mean that you're a big Islanders fan? I am. Yeah, I know Steve G. Well, uh, he, yeah. follows, he watches listens to us on the Saturday morning show. Sure. Uh, yes, I, I am an Islander fan. So I've been, uh, as Steve uh, well knows, we've been putting ourselves through hell for a few decades here. 
Beat your wife, Potvin. Beat your wife, huh? Sounds good. <laughs> shoot well, shoot right. the puck, Barry. Okay, you want to go on with this? Hey, we, we can play. Hey, that's all right. But here, we can't do that, George, because on Roto Experts in the morning, it's a football Friday. So we got to give people what they need to win their leagues and win their cash in week nine and beyond. I was giving you some DFS thoughts. I want to throw a couple of other guys out. I want to hear what you feel if you got any nuggets in DFS this week as well. I told you about how much I love Cortland Sutton. Um, at at 5,500 over on FanDuel. Could, can I make the same case, George, for Kenny Galladay? He's at 6,200, so a little bit more expensive. But obviously what was priced in was not, you know, he had this price with Golden Tate still on the roster as well. I don't know how much you uh, listen to the show when me and Scott do it, but boy, do we love Kenny Galladay. We go a little Madonna. Galladay, it would be so nice. So would it be nice to have Galladay in your DFS lineups this week? He's at 6,200 on FanDuel. You know, it's funny. Uh, the trade of uh, Golden Tate really ruined a uh, piece I was writing because Galladay was, uh, wasn't being used the past couple of weeks. Only right. three targets uh, right. the past two weeks. Now I think what's going to happen is I think this offense is now, a uh, passing offense at least, is going to be designed around Galladay. He's going to be really? the man. I think it is. It's not Marvin Jones. Yeah, right. he, Marvin Jones is a nice player. Don't, I'm not saying that. I don't want to hear sure, sure. angry tweets for Marvin Jones fans. But uh, it's going to be designed around Galladay for him to be the man there. Uh, they'll use him more in the offense. So, yes, I, I like him as well. Uh, all, once again, all formats, I think they're going to have to throw the ball. I don't think this is going to be a great week for him, mind you. Uh, Minnesota, I know the past even sucked in, the, in September. It has gotten better. Mm-hmm. Not great, but better. You know, uh, so I like Galladay more going forward than I do this week. All right, fair enough. Any other wide receivers you want to throw out there maybe that you think are uh, good nuggets maybe besides Adam Thielen, who we know will get 100 yards this week as he does every week? Yeah, you just chalk that up, right? And he's go- okay. just move I on. literally, my three wideouts are Sutton, Galladay, and Thielen this week in DFS. <laughs> you know, in most, uh, when I've been doing my DFS lineups, I mean, in the past couple of weeks, Thielen and Gurley have been automatic. I have no choice. Right. They're just right. getting to it. I just, they just have no, I got to pay for those guys and move on from there. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do that with Gurley this week. You know, I think hmm. Saints, I don't, I don't know if he's going to get another 30-point right. week here, but it'll be interesting. Guys I'm looking at, I think that Saints game is going to be high scoring. Mm-hmm. Who's going to catch the ball outside of Kamara and Thomas? Yeah, little Traquan Smith, baby. Is this the Traquan Smith week? <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm going. 4,200 on DraftKings. Is this the I mean, listen, I'm not going to be the only person on this guy. I think other people are thinking the same thing. 51 in FanDuel. Right, is this the week, though? Is this the week where Drew Brees finds someone else other than Mike Thomas to throw the ball to? It could be. Watch Cameron Meredith have eight for 93 and a touchdown, though. That's the problem. You get what you <laughs> right. guess wrong. How, all right, how about Devonta Parker? All right, I had you know, go. Maybe I he just needed to get rid of Tannehill. Maybe, but he needs, like, immaculate receptions to gain yards. Did you see that on Thursday? <laughs> yeah, I still think yeah, it's Danny yeah, Amendola yeah. getting all those targets. You know, I'd be intrigued by Drake a little bit, to be honest, in that matchup against the Jets. And speaking of that matchup, let me ask you, because a running back I have in my DFS lineup right now is Isaiah Crowell at only 5,700 on FanDuel. I, I, the, my narrative is this, George. I've been telling you about how I think the Miami front seven is trash. You know, they gave up 130-plus to Lamar Miller, couldn't sack Deshaun. Watson at all. The week previous to that, they gave up over 150 to carry on Johnson. Now with no Bilal Powell there for the Jets, I know Crow is very, uh, you know, a wide range of outcomes. He's had 13 yards in a game and he's had over 201, but I think it sets up that Isaiah Crowell could be of value this week and they could feed him. The Jets are banged up at wide receiver as well. What do you think about the Crow show? Oh, I agree. Okay. My only worry is there is that the last line you said, the Jets are banged up at wide receiver. 
Oh, yeah. Dolphins know that too. Maybe they okay, pay so a little eight bit men in the box. to the run. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm worried about not the full game, but I am worried about that. That they're going to say, "Hey, you know what? They got no receivers. Let's make let's make Donald throw uh, beat us. Let's make Donald throw the ball and beat us. We're not going to let Crowell do it." That's my only worry there. But I'm on Crowell as well. Any other running backs you want to throw out there? I know. I mean, yep, the girly every week. You know, we know about the studs. Any like I think Crow is a value here if you want to find a lower range running back. You got anybody else that you want to throw out there? My God, am I going to have to start Lamar Miller? Hmm. Am I going to have to do this? I, I don't want to. I really don't want to. But, uh, you know, once he's playing well the past couple of weeks. It's amazing. As soon as we hear that Dante Foreman may come back, he's, on, he's practicing right. now, all of a sudden yep. Lamar Miller shows up. It's amazing how that happens. Like it happened to Alex Smith, too. <laughs> right. You know? when, they, when they're worried about losing their job. Right. You know, or losing It happened to Joe time. Flacco for, like, five weeks. <laughs> yep. If you want to go really go cheap, maybe I could, I could be talking to Booker from okay. Denver. I could, you know, I, mean, I, mean, I wanted to go with him last week. Couldn't pull the trigger. It cost me a week, and uh, I'm still, yeah, I'm still a little angry about that. Uh, you want to go really cheap, uh, Capri Bibbs? I could think. Uh, I don't right. think Chris Thompson plays. It's Thompson, if, yeah. if Chris Thompson, even if he does play, I mean, I, I've been advising people in redraft leagues. Even if Thompson does play, I don't know how effective it'll be, and I don't think he finishes the game. If you have seen him during practice, he, the man can barely sit down. Right. I mean, he's got, he's got bad ribs on both sides. If you've ever had bad, and I've broken ribs playing football, you can't do anything without pain. If you get a sneezing fit, forget it. Yeah, you you want to hang breathe. yourself. Yeah. It's all over. You can't do anything. It hurts. I don't see how this man can play football. Not a running back. Can't see it. All right. Let me ask you about quarterback. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm saving money in my lineup on FanDuel with Sutton. I'm saving money with Isaiah Crowell. So I am paying for the second most expensive quarterback this week in FanDuel. At least. I'm talking about killer Cam Newton at 8,600. He's facing Tampa Bay. I've been attacking this Tampa Bay defense all season long. They're 31st in the league against the pass. Maybe with the magic there this week, it's more of a higher scoring game back and forth. I also love the rushing potential of Cam Newton. Give me Cam Newton this week. And what I've seen this year, I mean, kudos to North Turner. Somehow, George, Cam Newton uh, somehow has a 67% completion percentage. You know, that is not normal for Cam Newton. He's getting the ball to guys like Christian McCaffrey, Samuel, even the rookie DJ Moore in space. I think, you know, uh, North Turner has figured out how to use the chips that he has pretty well. Don't look now, but the Panthers are live in the NFC. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, now, you and I didn't talk before the show, but I had the same line about Cam that you did. Really? I've been knocking Cam. I've been knocking Cam for years. I mean that he's not a good NFL right. quarterback. He's a good, good fantasy quarterback, but not a good NFL quarterback. He can't really his uh, his completion percentage is terrible. It's generally right. terrible, and that's even with Christian McCaffrey with those short little throws that you and I could complete. Right. All right, he's still his his percentage is terrible. But now under North Turner, all of a sudden that's gotten up there two thirds of his passes. He's having a fantastic season. Still runs with reckless abandon. You said he's playing Tampa Bay. The gift that keeps on giving the fans right. all season long here. <laughs> I don't see how you can't start Cam. Uh, I, I really don't. Uh, you want to go Mahomes? Oh, I'm not going to argue with you. All right? Sure. Obviously, he's great. Maybe the MVP of the league, and he'll put up big numbers against Cleveland again. But Cam Newton against Tampa Bay, that just seems too easy. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, he's in my line. Well, thank you for the validation, George. It seems like you like a lot of the plays that I'm going with on DFS this week, so hopefully I win a little bit of extra cash. Anybody else you want to throw out there as good options this week for DFS? Well, we're going to look at, listen, no Winston this week, right? He, he's uh, lost his right. job again. I don't, I don't think it's the last we'll hear of Wilson. In my mind, if I'm Tampa Bay, you're going to have to find out if he's your, oh, yeah. he's your future or not. You're going to pay him that big money next year. Hey, can I that, ask you this real quick, matter. George? 
on this, you know, I, I, I talked about this with Blewett yesterday. I heard Steve Young say something that I thought was really cool. Uh, he said, you know what he would do? He would have not named Ryan Fitzpatrick the starter. He would have named Jameis, but then also told him, listen, the first time you throw a pick, you're getting pulled. I don't care if it's the second quarter, every game, because you have to find out about Jameis. You have to put some pressure on Jameis. You know, you know Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the answer, so let's see what you have, but put the pressure on him and see if the man can actually handle it. Um, and just yank him because also Fitz, Fitz plays better with that kind of nothing to lose kind of mentality if you just put him on in instead of like naming him the guy. What do you think about doing something of a college approach with Jameis and just pull him anytime he turns the ball over? Well, we're watching the same shows that was on NFL Live yesterday. Yeah, it was Steve Young, thing. right? And yep, then John Fox Steve was Young. like, you know, that's a good idea. I, if I'm, if I'm Tampa Bay, it's this. Fitzpatrick is not your quarterback of the future. You need to determine Winston. I understand benching to punish him. He's got, got to get through to his sure, head. Sure, but he's 24 years old. Exactly. He has to play. All right, he has to play. I think it's interesting, though, in Tampa, because I talked about this with Cam Stewart last week on Fantasy Football Live. Mm-hmm. You think about it. Cutter is playing for this oh, year. He's going to get fired. Exactly. Right? We all know exactly. he's going to get fired. So yes. who gives him the better chance to win now? Exactly. That's what we've been talking about. Yep. And then the GM... One mm-hmm. is playing for the future. So I think there's got to be a fight. If I'm a GM, it's, this, it's, it's simple. Cutter, you, you start Winston. You don't, you're fired now. Yep. It's really, this it's to me is to Cutter me. knows he's dead man walking and is doing whatever he can. You know, the quote-unquote best chance to win. He has to go that way to save his job, in essence. And, and to be honest, it also makes me think that this is a Cutter decision, not a Glazer family decision. Because if it was up to ownership, they would, you know, see what they had in their former number one overall pick. Absolutely. But anyway, I digress, George. Um, let me ask you this, because we're getting into the, we got to make these picks. We only got a couple of minutes left in the show. Uh, to catch you up, George, we we go three picks every week. I do it with Scott. I do it with Blewett. We give out a survivor pick as well. Um, so far this year, I'm over 500. I'm 13 and 11 after eight weeks, you know, so doing all right. Mikey Blewett, is 11, 12, and 1, so just under 500. Our boy Scott is 9 and 15. So you're actually making money if you're just betting against Scott, right? So what I want to do is I want to give out some picks. I want to see if you have any to add. We can make you a one-week entry into this. And just like a guy who, you know, only plays one game and goes one for one, you have a lifetime batting average of 1,000, you could easily be in first place against this crew if you go two and one this week, all right? So let me give you one first, and then I want to hear one of your picks. Is that cool? That's cool. All right, all right, all right. I'm going – listen, I've been telling you all all day, morning long, I'm worried about Deshaun Watson's health. I'm worried that people all of a sudden think that the Houston offensive line is good. I think they take a step up in Denver facing Von Miller and uh, Bradley Chubb. I think they still need to iron out some chemistry with Demarius Thomas. I think these signs point to Denver. I, 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 I'm going to ride with Denver at home. Last I checked, they were also like getting a point. I love the home dogs. Give me Denver plus one against the Houston Texans this week. Where are you going for your first pick? My first pick is a team coming off a bye. Uh, I like Atlanta this week going to Washington. Uh, and it's, it's not a knock. I'm a Cowboy fan. I hate the Redskins. But it's not that. The Redskins have no offense. I mean, it's, it's a blot offense. Yeah. They really didn't improve it. At the, they didn't improve it at all at the deadline here. Their receiving core is still banged up. I mentioned Thompson's banged up. I'll take the Falcons. I think the Falcons scored 24 points just by mistake. You know, just, right. just being there. Even outside the on the grass? That. Not where, unless it's bad weather, but I don't think it's supposed to be Sunday in the Northeast here. I'm yep. taking the Falcons plus one against the Skins. Coming up the bye week, right. I think it's important. 
I like that. Sounds good. You know, Atlanta does need to do something here. Don't look now. Washington at five and two. You know what I mean? There's a, you know, uh, do you believe in Adrian Peterson in that offense long term? I hear you. I don't necessarily believe in it either. All right. Another place I'm going. I think these teams are going in opposite directions right now. I told you, you know, Joe Flacco had a nice start to the season, but I think like they're just regressing and coming back down to earth. I think Pittsburgh's offense has started to get in gear recently. I know about this rivalry. I know about the close games they play. And if I can get two and a half or three points, I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I think their offense has been doing good. I think James Conner continues to stay hot, if nothing else, to send a message to Le'Veon Bell. And maybe the scheme is sending a message to Lev Bell as well. Give me Pittsburgh. Plus, it depends on where you're looking. It could be plus two and a half. It could be plus three. But give me Pittsburgh on the road in that rivalry against the Baltimore Ravens this week. We're starting to hear whispers about Lamar Jackson starting there. Uh-huh. Uh, Which, even better for me whispers. in a Pittsburgh play. Even better for me in a Pittsburgh play this week. Would agree. My second one, uh, listen, are the Chicago Bears 10.5 points better than anybody mm. on the road? I, I don't see it. I think, I think they'll win the game, mind you. But I think Buffalo sure. will keep it close enough to cover the 10.5. I'll take the home, uh, the home door getting uh, double-digit points here. I'll take the Buffalo Bills plus 10.5. All right, George, we got you Atlanta plus one. I got you Buffalo plus Plus. ten and a half um, hosting Chicago. For me, the last one, um, give me Minnesota. Give me Minnesota in a divisional matchup against Detroit. Um, Listen, I know Detroit looks decent. I know that, you know, this kind of no man's land at five points in between the field goal and the touchdown. But listen, Detroit just traded away their number one receiver over the last couple of years. Don't get me wrong. I think Galladay is up to the task. I also think we're going to see a little bit more in the passing game out of my guy, Kerryon Johnson, who continues to ascend and got, I think, something like 85% of the snaps. I think LeGarrette Blunt only got like seven snaps last week. And so that the scales continue to tip in the right direction for the Detroit Lions. But listen, you still have to figure it out a little bit. And I think in his career, George, Matthew Stafford has been something like the litmus test for an actual good team. It's something like he has a great record against below 500 teams, but he really can't go on the road against what are quote unquote good teams. I think Minnesota is a good team. I think they get the job done. Give me the Vikings minus five in an NFC North matchup against Detroit. I like it. I, that's not my pick, but I, I don't. I don't mind that. Mine is going to be. I'm going to go to the NFC South. Same divisional mm. matchup. I really don't like taking divisional matchups for uh, gambling. But listen, the Buccaneers are wrecked on defense. They don't have much yeah. left. Give me the uh, Carolina Panthers minus six and a half. I think they roll up here. All right, absolutely. Let's uh, let's have some fun and dissect Scott's picks with a couple of minutes that we have left. I think this one is really interesting, George. The Los Angeles Rams are undefeated. And they are underdogs at the Dome. Is Vegas, like, begging you to to take the Rams here? Uh, Scott certainly is. He's got the Rams plus one and a half in the Dome. Listen, George, if you you agree with me and take the leap of faith that the Rams will not go 16-0, then this is as good as week as any for them to to pick that they get this loss. How do you see this game? Big NFC matchup game of the week. What did you say Scott's record is in gambling? Nine and uh, he is nine and fifteen. I'm thirteen and eleven. He is nine and fifteen so far in the year. <laughs> Maybe this is why I wouldn't touch this. Yeah, game. Uh, I would. I yeah. would. I think. It's, I'm, 
I can't wait to watch the game. I think it's going to be fantastic. But I'm not, I'm not taking the Rams plus uh, minus a point and a half. I'm not taking the Saints plus that point and a half either. Yeah. I wouldn't touch this game. But I'm, betting against the Saints at home seems to be dangerous. Yeah. Fool's errand. Right. I agree. And don't look now. As I said, if the Saints do, in fact, win that game, they, would, they and the Rams would both have one loss. But the Saints would have the head-to-head matchup, giving them pole position for the NFC. And if the NFC playoffs have to go through that dome, watch out. Last thing I want to ask you, Scott's other pick, he He's taking the Packers plus six. He's riding with Aaron Rodgers in six points against anybody, even against Tom Brady in New England. To me, uh, George, this is another game that I'm excited to watch, but I'm not going to put any money on. What do you think? I think it's going to be a fun game. I can't wait to watch it Sunday night either. I think Gronk is nowhere near the player he used to be. New England didn't look all that great beating Buffalo. On the road, Buffalo Monday night game. I don't mind this pick for Scott. Plus, uh, what is he, plus six points for Green Bay. Yep. I kind of like this as well. Green Bay could be a little angry, but then again, are they in it or are they out of it? Traded, traded, ha-ha, traded to uh, Montgomery. What are they yeah, playing what for? What message are you sending to the locker room, right? It's kind of interesting. This it's year, kind of next interesting. Next year, Montgomery gave up on his you. teammates. It's weird. My God. It's weird. Take, take the, take the goddamn 25-yard line. Sit in the ball. That's right. And give Aaron Rodgers a chance to put that one in the loss column for Los Angeles. Hey, George, thanks a lot. It's been fun. Uh, I don't get to work with you that much, but I enjoyed the hour, brother, man. Thanks for filling in. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. All right, guys. Everybody else have a great fantasy weekend. We'll be back on Monday with the King Scott Angle to dissect it all. Don't forget about that Roto Experts exclusive edge season fantasy package, by the way. You can enter the promo code SPEEDS this time at checkout. We'll see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend.